Good afternoon, you are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is the show where we explore art from the past and art from the present to understand how we as humans have expressed ourselves through time. And so to keep you company during the lockdown, this is now my seventh episode where I've been interviewing artists during the lockdown because whilst we are all in this together, it's nice to hear, I think, I hope, uh, a little bit about what artists are doing at the moment to sort of stay creative and stay sane. Um, And my interview this week is with Chris Hardy, who is a phenomenal artist. I have had the pleasure of knowing Chris for a few years now. I also work with him. We have the same publishing house. And his work is off the spectrum amazing. And it's also a real delight to interview someone who I genuinely adore as well. He really is the loveliest guy. And we speak about his incredible style, very unique style of painting, which combines this really clever uh, sort of detailed oil paintings with this with these really sort of abstract motifs he even gets people to uh, throw paint at his work sometimes in demonstrations as well which I love um, and uh, I kind of like describing his work as being a little bit like being in a candy store because he's got superheroes he paints cars but he also paints the most stunning cityscapes there is something really really for everyone in his work and I advise you going to his website, um, which uh, most of his work's available on the White Wall website, which he gives at the end, and also on the De Montford website, uh, and his Instagram as well, which is chrishardy underscore art. So definitely check out his work either now whilst you're listening to this, or check it out straight afterwards as soon as you can, because it really helps to look at what uh, we're talking about when we're describing his work. And I really hope that you are as blown away as I was when I first saw Chris's work, if you haven't seen it before. So as I mentioned, we talk a little bit about his style, how he came to do what he's doing, and I really enjoyed catching up with Chris. So here is Chris Hardy. I'm here with artist Chris Hardy. Hi, Chris. Hi. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, but um, it seems that it took a pandemic for us to finally do this interview. (laughs) Yeah, I just assumed you were really bored now. That was the only reason you wanted to talk to me. (laughs) <laughs> not at all, not at all. That's the best place to start is for you to give maybe a brief description for the listeners on what the work that you do is. Basically, well, when I launched with De Montford um, and Whitewall, I launched as a cityscape artist. Um, so I did that, established the cityscapes for a few years. Um, but I used to be a car designer. So after a little while, I was like, oh, can, we, can we do some cars? So then I got back into doing a few of the cars. And what I found was the cars I was doing were things that I grew up with, like Cannonball Run, being born in the 70s. Yeah. It was all the stuff I watched as a kid, and it was Night Rider. So I said to, said to Jack, oh, can we do, can I do some, um, like an icon to my childhood? So I then started doing vehicles that I grew up with, and that then kind of led on to um, the superheroes, because it was all icons of things that I loved growing up. Um, and it's kind of gone from there. I just wanted to look at my work and know it was mine just because of the style rather than the content. So if you put one at a cityscape next to one of um, a superhero or a car, people know it's mine. And all, all my favourite artists are, are, that I admire kind of are like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would well, you want to describe your style for, for people listening as well? I want people to Google, as they're listening to this, Google Chris Hardy artist and see the work we're talking about right now because... It's absolutely phenomenal. I'm not just saying this because I have to because I'm interviewing you. Genuinely phenomenal. There you are. Please, no, I'm really not. Google it. <laughs> you won't believe they're painting some of them, except for the fact that it's kind of they're slightly abstracted. So I'll let you talk. Yeah. 
about your style. Yeah, I like to. I've massive influences. Mine. I've always loved Italian Renaissance painting. Caravaggio is one of my favourites, mm. um, and I like the idea of mixing traditional oil painting, but then with graffiti and stencil art. And that. I loads of people ask me, "Well, why all the drips?" Because I basically just throw paint all over it at the end, um, right halfway through. And it comes from, I just like, I love the idea when you have an overspray from a can and it just drips down. So it, the, the urban kind of graffiti element comes into it, but then mixing that with the, the kind of more traditional oil painting. But oh, God, there's so many. I've basically picked up little inspirations over the, the five years with, well, and before, but with the five years with the Montford. And just taking every little bit and then I'll, I'll throw a bit in but not take anything else out. So now there's so many different little influences in my work that wasn't in maybe five years ago. Um, but the, the core's still the same. But I just keep adding little bits or tweaking it. Yeah. So, I love so yeah. so Chris's work, like I mean you did a great job of explaining it, but I so Chris's work he he does kind of as as you mentioned, superheroes, cars, cities in the most kind of I'd say many of them are photorealism, aren't they? They're just incredible oil paintings that are really, really accurate. Yeah, I, I try. I try not to make them too photorealistic. I like. I want them to look. Like, it's kind of almost like if you look at them, a look at them from a distance or on a phone or on a screen. Obviously, they look more more photorealistic than they do up close because they're, they're right, all okay, yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I like. I love that but I still want someone to look at it and I don't want to think, oh, is that a photo? I don't, personally for me, I love photorealism. Yeah. photorealism. But I always want it to have the element of, you can tell it's really painted. Yeah, but then of course, he kind of adds this layer of like, distortion almost, because there's yeah. kind of strips and there's abstraction, there's flicks of paint, there's, and then almost there's like mirror images of some works as well, which is really cool. Yeah. It's kind of like you're in this distorted reality. A lot of that came from, um, it's really hard to, trying to start at the beginning and go through how the kind of my how it all evolved and i loved right from pre the month i mean talking 10 10 years ago i was doing figurative pieces and cityscapes and i loved this idea of showing the process of you a bit like maths where you work show you working out but showing it all in one go or a perceived work out so i like these elements of mine which are just blocks of tonal value and then I'll leave a certain area of it where it's that's what it looks like when I've just done the first layer of oils, mm. and then obviously the, I then I work another second and a third layer on top of, of of the oil paints to add the detail and the shadows and the highlights. Mm. So, but I want to. I always loved this idea of imperfections and glitches. So when back in the day I was looking at um, old photographs that, that maybe I found a photo of my grandparents from folks in the thirties. And um, my dad had had it for like 50 years and it had been scrumpled up and just left. So when you, got, when you saw it, all the print had fallen off and it was all crackled. You get all these white, crack, white creases. And, and I was like, I love the idea of deliberately replicating something that that person wouldn't want to happen to the work over the years. So you, you deliberately adding imperfections. Um, and the analog, that kind of analog stage then turned into more of a digital stage and I was looking at data glitches and fractured imagery and that's where all like the mirrored and the copied ideas come from and then a few years ago um, I was talking to one of the regional sales managers, area sales managers and he was saying a guy came in and bought one of my Sydney Opera House pieces and um, he, he was a neurosurgeon and he said looking at your work, he said obviously I like the piece but looking at your work it reminded me how 
people when they were recovering from neurosurgery they, they see memories clearly and then the rest of it's blurred or fractured and I was oh that's really interesting you know so I kind of so it was it was always on it was kind of touching of what I was doing anyway and I thought I want to run with that idea and push it because certainly with the cityscapes I like the idea of two people looking at a painting that maybe went there 20 30 years ago for a for anniversary or whatever and these two people don't remember that don't remember that experience quite in the same way even though they were both observing at the same time yeah and over, over years your memories get distorted so that's where all the missing data like the fractured lines and the breaks and the missing bits of color and that con that was kind of visualizing that concept uh, and that concept originally came about when i was five we went to venice um and when i was talking to my parents when I started doing cityscapes with with Demontford and Whitewall, um, I said, oh, "I do you remember about going on the gondola?" And the dad was like, "We never went on a gondola." And I was like, "Yeah, we did." And I'd concocted over thirty five years this memory of what's thirty thirty seven now, but uh -huh. <laughs> concocted this memory. And I, I, if yeah. I think back, I can picture me on this gondola, but we never went on it. And it was because I was five. I just you kind of yeah. So I love this idea and. It started obviously with the cityscapes uh, and it's just kind of then because it was a, a visual style for me. Mm. I kind of pushed it through all the concepts and all, all the other content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And is the fact that because obviously you, you mentioned that you, you, your work is quite playful. You, you sort of, um, you're using topics from your youth as well, like the superheroes, the cars. and Yeah, it's, really, it's great. Yeah. and is that is that as well about like a, does that have a memory element to it as well like you're kind of remembering at the same time or am i just kind of imposing my yeah. thing on that no oh. no no it's true because i had when i had one of my i had a white wall event in nottingham last year and one obviously growing up in nottingham and one of my best friends uh i've not seen him for years he came to the event and was having a chat and i said it was funny that talking to him because a lot of the icons that were there, like Smoking the Bandit, Cannonball Run, Night Rider, the A-Team, these were memories that I've got that I shared with him because yeah, we watched the programs together. Yeah. You know, and it, it was really nice to kind of revisit that, especially in the city that I grew up in. And it, it, that, so, yeah, so everything, everything I kind of paint, apart, I'd say with the, apart from maybe the horses, I love painting horses. Um, but that kind of came from the cars and the back car design background because I love the structure and the way the muscles work and the tension and the power and the speed mm. and how that kind of basically is a concept filters over to cars as opposed to I used to ride horses. Sure, yeah. I love that nostalgic element um, to your work as well. And no, I can't speak for your clients, but I imagine that it's um, very nostalgic for them too. Like I just talking to people about things that you wouldn't normally talk about and I mean I'd say gallery events for me are my social life now so I'm really missing them. Okay I want to talk a little bit about your process because when one looks at your paintings I mean I for one I'm like oh which bits have you done first how does that work do you draw it first do you splash it first do you work around that so without giving away your secrets um, how do you go from the concept of an idea to a masterpiece? I I do, I do quite a lot of work in Photoshop to start with. I plan all the composition out in Photoshop. Um, so I know, I basically know what I'm working from. And then I draw it up, I basically just rough, roughly sketch it out and where kind of tonal values are going to be. 
And then I do the acrylic, which is basically blocking in the outer edges. Leave that to dry. And then I do a first, um, I, then I'm masking tape everywhere where I want white lines or if I'm doing um, kind of a glitch of colour. Like on one of the back, back girl piece that I did, it was all very blues and blacks, but then I did this splash of green and purple um, through it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of mask that off. So, and then I'll do a first layer of oils, which are basically blocking the whole painting in tones and blend it all together. Mm. Um, and then I'll leave that to dry and then I'll go over it as a second layer. Um, when I do the second layer, I'm adding all the shadows and the dark areas uh, and just bringing the detail out a bit more. And then I throw some paint on it, some acrylic drip and splash around. And then I leave that to dry. And then I do all the highlights and the bright areas, adding the white and the shiny bits. And then I'll throw a few glitches on and lob a bit more paint over the top. And so it's kind of just a process. It's quite a logical process, which is strange for someone that's not logical at all um it's just kind of building it up and throwing paint in areas that yeah. that are kind of contrived spontaneity i always like to call it that i like that i think it's also quite nice to have um to be creative within parameters like you know what process you're doing you've got the steps but you can play around within each of those steps and it, it, it can be quite liberating to do that and not too overwhelming when you know where it's going it's quite nice yeah mm. and the good thing is about because i obviously use acrylic paint to drip over uh, as long as the oil paints dry when I'm flicking it, if I don't like it, I just wipe it off. Because on when I do demos on cruises, I get some people to come up to throw paint all over my work. Because <laughs> I look, I look. It started on the first cruise. Mm -hmm. This guy came up to me after my event, and he was like, "Oh God!" He was like, "That gave me so much anxiety watching you spent spent forty hours on a piece, and they just throw paint all over it." I know what I'm doing with within that piece. Um, so they're really tentative, and I'm like, no, just flick it, and then they do it, and then I was like, no, you've gone wrong in the face, this is so good. I'm like, no, I'm joking. Do you do that? Do you no. do that demo on cruises then? That must bring in yeah. so many people. God, no wonder you've oh, got five great. now. It's great because you've got a captive audience on a ship, so it's, mm -hmm. it's really nice. I think me and you, when uh, Chris and I met, uh, God, how many years ago now? Two years ago, was it? Was yeah, it? I'm going to sound quite, it was set. September 2018. 2018, okay. It was that memorable, I remember the date. <laughs> no, it was, I just, Chris, I just don't get out of so I remember. <laughs> uh, no, I just don't have a really good uh, sense of time, especially now. Like, oh, have we met before? I'm like, yes, it was September 2018. Yeah, it was September 2018, I don't know the exact date. Uh, no, well, we, yeah, when we met, but, oh God, I can't even remember what I was going to say. Now. Oh no, we were saying how, we love meeting people when we feel like we're sometimes in the wrong career because we love art, but we love people, and the two things are yeah. mutually exclusive a lot of the time. So events is the very you much are when you work yeah. Yeah, totally. I want to know how you choose a subject matter. I mean, you've mentioned these are things from your childhood sometimes. Does the inspiration just kind of come to you, or do you do commissions so other people kind of have a say, or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, commission. I love. I love commissions because. One, generally, a lot of them come from events. You get to meet the people and you, you, you kind of get a, an impression or an idea of their kind of enthusiasm and passion for what they want you to paint. So that's, that's really nice. Um, but, yeah, and commissions are great because the subject matter can be so different. I've, just, I've, done a, I've done a kind of a steam engine recently. Obviously, a lot of people do the, the usual, the, 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 the kind of subject matter that I paint normally. But outside of that, we've done a few different things. Um, 
so it's nice for me to do a bit something that I wouldn't do normally for myself or, or you know yeah, yeah. I was gonna say do you find it hard to part with the works because they are quite personal to you or are you just thrilled that people are getting out of them I did when it was early on. You kind of you get used to it, don't you? The more the more you do it, the more you know. Well, I'm doing this for a specific reason, and then. But when it's something, if you painted it for yourself, which I don't, I'm, at the moment I'm doing a couple of bits that are ideas that I've wanted to do for for years. Um, so I'm getting to do bits for myself uh, just because I've wanted to to do them. Things like that are little. They're not necessarily hard to part with um, because it's just part of your job now, isn't it? You you do something like, oh god, I love that. I mean, I remember there was a Joker piece that I did um, a few months ago, and you know, sometimes you say, oh, god, I love that so much. But as soon as you've left head office, the matter you've you've got the photo of it, and that's it. It's it's kind of it's just it's just part of the job. Mm. But yeah, these, these pieces that I really attached to, uh, but then I get attached to most of them because I enjoy enjoy doing them totally. if you don't get if you don't get attached to them then you shouldn't really be doing them should you yeah i think that's a fair point actually <laughs> um okay yeah. well i, I kind of want to ask you what's the what's like the really standard questions but i'm sure you'll find a fun way to answer them like what are your favorite pieces that you enjoy doing the most and also what are some of the challenges about your job and and doing what you're doing um, no, it's not the, the standard questions are usually how long did it take you to paint it? Oh, well, you already told me that. <laughs> I know. I, I know it's going to sound, it's going to sound such a, a boring answer, but I love to paint cars, cityscapes, superheroes. I love, I've, I've all, I mean, I, I love female figurative work mm. uh, and I don't do a lot of it commercially. There's, there's a couple of pieces floating around at the moment. Um, but I don't do a lot of it because obviously it's keeping, let's like, say, keeping things on brand. Um, but I've been able to kind of do that in a way with the, with the superheroes. So I've got to do Batgirl and Catwoman. Um, so I love, I love that. Uh, cars are like painting just because I used to be a car designer. Um, and I love, and I'd say 50% of commissions are, are cars at least. Um, so I'm just looking at them now. People must love, love that. People must love being like, this is my this is my sports car from back in the day. Can you paint this? I imagine that is yeah. so joyous for some people to to have that have a yeah. work. Yeah, I, I love I, I love I love painting cars. Just you know, it's just yeah. it's just great. Cars, motorbikes. Um, okay, my my second standard question is that um, what is the what is there a challenge to kind of what you do? Do you find that obviously you're a very successful artist and um, you there, there are kind of deadlines involved, I imagine, and a little bit of pressure perhaps? So I yeah, but I like that. That's the that's the, the way I work best. I oh. I kind of try to put more pressure on myself than I need to because that's just. I, I don't know any different. I, I wasn't like this growing up. I was the complete opposite. You know, I really? spent up until probably final year of university. I was like, eh, yeah, I just do enough to get by. And I did. I always got decent grades, you know. Mm. And then at final year of university, I was like, oh, I want to actually pull my finger out here. And I did and managed to get a first. And I was thinking, ah, so that kind of then set the precedent for, and now I'm the complete opposite of I was growing up. Mm. Um, and my mum and dad. <laughs> What's that? Did you see that the hard work can pay off? So it's like, yeah, and it's also because I'm not very good at anything else, so there isn't anything else to do. 
<laughs> I don't do anything else, do I? So I don't leave the house. So, um, <laughs> Chris, you're being so very yeah. humble. You're being very humble. I don't believe you. You used to design cars. I imagine that you are talented in a variety of different areas, but if that's the narrative that you want. <laughs> Not really, no. No. So I leave the house once a week to go to the gym. <laughs> that's about it. So, no, I, I like I like to put pressure on myself, um, whether it's in an artistic way or I mean I'm I'm not and my wife and she'll she'll kind of kind of back me up on this. I am not organising any way, shape, or form apart from work. Mm. So I have no capacity for any other organisation in my life. You know, whereas I'll plan in my phone. I'll plan what painting I'm doing on for for two months in advance, and I'll plan exactly what I'm doing on on each day. And I have months worth of images in my up to at the moment. I've got like till August. Well, I did up to up to uh, this coronavirus. I had every painting planned from February to August. Just yeah. so I mean, I can change. I can chop and change it on the way. Yeah, but I like to plan, and I, if I know what I've got, then I kind of stick to it. Um, I like I never, I'm not. I'm not one of these artists where I can go. Oh, I'm just going to do a bit on that. That that's it's sunny. I'm going to go outside now. That's just not not me at all. I'll, I am really relate, I'm really relating to what you're saying right now. I I have been always very type A my whole life. Very like strict yeah. about what I'm doing, and and I have too much pressure. Same as you. Um, I also like to plan things, so I'm very I'm relating very much to what you're saying. Um, and I think it's quite refreshing to hear you speak about art in that way in in kind of a practical way because i think a lot of people assume artists are just like yeah whatever yeah, yeah we well, you can be but you'd end up doing one painting a month yeah and that in i've got too many irrespective irrespective of financial side of it mm. i've got too many ideas that i want to do sure. you know i i i've all i i the jay jay said to me basically he says you you do one small collection, then you've forgotten about it, and you're already thinking about three collections down the line. Yeah. He's like, well, you just slow down. I, you know, I, I can't. That's just, you know, it's nice to, because you can always keep them. And like you say, this, this stuff I'm doing at the moment that I've had planned in my head mm. for four mm. or five years, and I've just never had a chance to do it. So I'm like, oh, I want to paint that now and do yeah. that. And, and there's loads of stuff that I might not get done for years to come, but mm. it's just, up there well it's not it's on my phone <laughs> if it was up there gone. don't ever lose your phone um no all right my final my final well my second my penultimate question is what do you hope people will take from your artwork and i guess we've again we've answered those kind of questions really but is there something I, that you enjoy hearing your feedback you like i just like yeah i just love it when people really just appreciate the work and like the work um because it enables me to carry on doing what what i love um, I did a piece, a commission for a, a guy a while ago, and it kind of hit home when he told me a story about the, the background behind the piece, and it was so emotional what it meant to him because of certain times in his life and things that were happening. And he said this was kind of a turning point, and him buying this was him kind of almost dragging himself out of a place. And wow. he got, and I was like, well, you know, it, it's so things like that kind of they kind of blow you away a bit because you don't. When you're just when you're painting, um, and you send them down, and you know people, you meet people at events, and oh yeah, I love you work, blah blah blah. But sometimes you don't know just how mm. something actually do affect people, and and yeah. and yeah, it kind of blew me away. 
I love that. So that we often paint right. in a vacuum, don't we? We like we paint in isolation, and then you don't often hear. Yeah. And the responses are what make the job worth doing. So it's uh, yeah. Mm. So it's nice that you don't often, unless you're out meeting people, you don't get that. Because my wife, M, M, she's not interested in art in the slightest. So she won't come in and go, "Oh, I love that." She'll come in and go, "Can you get the Hoover out for me?" Yeah. <laughs> no, she's a scientist and just no, yeah. she's nothing. All right, and then, <laughs> sometimes that's nice though, I think, uh, to have some. It is, yeah. yeah. If she does ever actually say, oh, that's quite nice, I'm like, yeah. most people have been thinking it's amazing. She's like, no, it's not. Like, <laughs> so, oh, I can, yeah, I kind of like that piece, actually. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah. um, so my final question is, where can people go to find out more about you and what you're up to and your work and your touring? Um, basically, yeah, um, all of my, well, pretty much all of the work I've done, I'll keep some back, is on my Instagram, which is at chrishardy underscore art. Um, but apart from that, it's all De Montford. So De Montford website, De Montford Fine Art, Whitewall Galleries. Um, yeah. yeah, and I'm, there's an events list on their website. So if people want to pop over and see me when we are allowed out again, uh, that'd be great. Awesome. Yeah, definitely do that. And Chris is spelt with a K. It's K-R-I-S. Oh, yeah. Hard is H-A-R-D-Y underscore art. So definitely check out what it is we've been talking about. And hopefully you'll be as impressed as I am when I see Chris's work. Um, you see, I'm really humble when you say that because I think... Why? I love your work. It's so, it's so colourful. And it's just so... It's oh. your sunset. Chris, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's alright. I don't. It's nice to talk to people. <laughs> Great ending to that conversation. So there we go. That was Chris Hardy. I think you can probably tell just from that interview uh, what Chris is like to hang out with. I also wanted to take this time to acknowledge what is going on in the wake of the murder of George Floyd as well. Um, not just in the states, but here in London. And I wanted to say that as a white woman, I am trying to do better to be actively anti-racist, um, which means much, much more than signing petitions and donating to organisations. It means acknowledging your privilege and being committed to learning. And I hope that everyone listening wants to make this world a better place for everyone in it. And so I thought it might be productive to list a few sites where you can educate yourself more about anti-racism. Uh, you can go to healthline.com, which has a lot of anti-racism resources for parents and kids. So this is quite good for kind of starting those conversations at home. There are a list of resources, books, um, things to listen to for your children and for you as well if you're a parent. Um, there's also the British Journal of Photography, which has a list of resources to support those in the photography industry. And also um, medium.com slash wakeupcall has a really uh, good list of anti-racism books, films, podcasts and social media accounts to follow too. I found that really helpful when I went on there too. Um, Katie Curie is the curator of those. Um, she's a journalist in America. You might know her from uh, the podcast Serial. Hopefully you know the podcast Serial. Um, very, very famous um, at this point for kind of kicking off uh, podcasting. But yeah, so um, I just wanted to say that. And um, and I also just wanted to say that this is a, an issue for humanity um, and, and it affects everybody.
That is unfortunately all we've got time for this afternoon. Um, thank you so much for listening to Art Then and Now with me, Anna Gammons. If you would like to contact the show, then please do visit Anna Gammons Art on Instagram where you can send me a message and there'll be little sneaky peeks into what's coming up on each week's show. And I want to take the time again to remind everyone to stay home and stay safe and protect our NHS as well um, and all of the essential workers that are keeping us safe right now. Thank you so much. And I will see you next week at 3.30 on Resonance 104.4 FM. Thank you so much.